Hi, I'm Curtis Herbert. I'm Alice Zhao. And I'm Jelly, a.k.a. Daniel Farrelly. And this is Independence, a show where the three of us talk about our efforts to make a living from the mobile and web and actually sometimes sort of kind of see the delight at the end of the tunnel and think that we might be making a living here i don't know that's the, that's where i'm at right now <laughs> usually i find that the light at the end of the tunnel is just like a torch that somebody's dropped <laughs> it's kind of flickering its way out <laughs> they need to get out quicker <laughs> well no I, I i say that because as we're recording it's the end of november and my seasonal numbers are starting to come in and it's not enough data to extrapolate on yet but i'm extrapolating anyway oh yeah i'm, I'm extrapolating out the butt at this point but like with a week and a half worth of data coming in I was hoping for 2x this year, which would put me at a comfortable, I can go full time with slopes. And right now I'm looking closer to 5x. And I'm a little, yeah, it's a little early to celebrate, but it's getting me worried. (laughs) (laughs) And there was much rejoicing. (laughs) But as much as I don't want to extrapolate too early, and I'm certainly not planning any celebrations yet, I, am starting to stress out over what my workload is going to be like coming up. And I'm someone who I think like the two of you have mostly kept a lot of the work in-house. It's not something that you've outsourced a lot of stuff, or at least I'm assuming, and that's what I want to talk to you about today. So generally, I'm trying to figure out how much of your business have you outsourced, especially when you're busy? And what have, what have you found success with and failures with there? Because we've got a lot of hats to wear. You know, you have to do user support, you have to do design, maintenance, updates, doing your finances, marketing. There's, we're swamped. <laughs> I don't know how you two feel, but we we usually have a lot of it on our plates as indies. <laughs> yeah, so much. I don't outsource a lot, if I'm honest. I mean, I outsource stuff with tools. Obviously, that's a thing. And services that like online services, and you can do a little bit of outsourcing that way, even though you're not necessarily hiring a person to do the job. I mentioned in a recent episode that I started using BuddyBuild recently to do continuous integration and kind of build and check, like check past versions and stuff. And that's one of the things that I've outsourced is checking, making sure that something actually builds and runs on like a previous version that I'm like would normally have to pull out of one of my devices and futz about with you know xcode and building it onto the device and running through some checks i can do that um i can do that on the server relatively easily making sure that you know nothing is going terribly wrong you could also Um, do that by not testing just pro tip there (laughs) (laughs) by not testing wait i am testing that is testing no i'm saying you could skip that entire step and save time (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, I'm I'm both saving time and I'm also saving my butt when it comes to pushing out a new release. I mean, most of my users are relatively good at updating anyway. That's kind of the nature of iOS, but it's nice to kind of see that happen. It's nice to not have to worry about that anymore. The only other thing that I've really outsourced is I have some user interface stuff, some uh, some designs that um, is coming relative <laughs> at some point in the future. I'm not sure exactly how soon, but it's I'm working on it. And I outsourced a little bit of design work to um a friend and colleague, Mark Edwards. And yeah, I mean I'm I'm a terrible person to do that because like I have a because I'm an interface designer myself and do design work. I'm the worst client that a designer wants because <laughs> I think uh, we're we're constantly fighting back and forth over you know decisions that need to be made. 
But that's about as much outsourcing as I've ever done. That's about it. So, Alice, you get to cheat a that's bit because you're, you're a team of two. So, technically, you're yeah. kind of outsourcing <laughs> parts to each other. You and Yano bounce back and forth. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think that's the one advantage. Well, not the one advantage. That's a huge advantage is that we do split the work. But it pretty much feels like so Yano does the software and I do everything else. So, there's still like when I... <laughs> We jump into the work. There's still, it feels like a lot of hats rather than one major hat. But I think that's also where my ADHD kind of feels fulfilled because <laughs> I'm doing everything <laughs> and not one giant thing. But then I also realized, especially recently, I think where we do need to start outsourcing are things that were, I, we just feel stuck. Like, cause there's certain things that I just put off for the longest time. And it's, I realize it's because I don't have any answers. Yeah. <laughs> and then I have to cop up to it and be like, okay, you know what? I actually don't know what the answer is. Um, either we work together or we have to find an answer elsewhere. And I think it comes back a lot, but I think we need to start outsourcing like UI stuff. <laughs> um, just even if it comes to just flow or even copy. Like mm-hmm. I have a really hard time. Like I do a lot of stuff, but I, I'm not like a copy expert. Um, I'm not a design expert. Like I just do them all. And so <laughs> just a couple of weeks ago, I was just like, you know what, Yano, I don't, I don't have the answer to this one. Um, let's figure this one out. So right now we're, um, working on a lot of small fixes for Gus on the go, the original one. But I think when we move on to the larger project where we're kind of rebuilding Gus on the go from the ground up, we're definitely going to have to step back and, look at the UI in a totally different way. And I think that's where we're, when we're going to probably outsource. Well, you mentioned in a past episode, too, that you, too, had tried outsourcing some of the marketing or at least some of the PR <laughs> aspects of marketing. And that didn't go so well, right? I feel bad. I don't think that you shouldn't outsource your marketing. I think it you just have to be smarter about who you're reaching out sure. to. And that's, I think, a huge lesson we learned. We thought, hey, if we were going to go spend a lot of money on something, it'll be something that feels foreign uh, which is PR. But I think what we should have done is made sure that this agency just wasn't necessarily just an app agency, but someone who really understood the target market mm, yeah. and who was really tuned into, say, education rather than just apps. So I wouldn't say don't <laughs> outsource the marketing, oh, sure, but yeah. <laughs> find someone who really understands your market and and not just apps <laughs> you want to be careful about who you're outsourced to anyway um in most yeah. areas yeah because not not only like do they need to know about your target market and stuff like that but even with like ui design you've got a particular style that you've been going with for a long time if you've been around for you know a while and you kind of want to keep that going or you want to tight, tighten it up you need to have somebody that understands all of that, right? You need to have somebody that can, like, can just deal with that. And that's, you know, that's fine. They don't, you don't need to do a full, you know, refresh or whatever. And the same kind of goes with copy. You need to make sure that, you know, there's a, if you've got a style that you wanted, to, wanting to kind of produce a kind of a vibe, I guess, then, you know, people can, like, you know, whoever you're outsourcing to can work with that. And so it's, it, yeah, it's one of these things where when you outsource stuff, you got to choose the people that you outsource to carefully. You don't just kind of outsource to the, the cheapest option. <laughs> yeah, that's always held. That's what's held me back a lot. I've, like you two, I've done some outsourcing, I guess, two categories, one of which was design. There were some aspects uh, that needed some more graphical design, and I just didn't have the time for it. 
So I outsourced to a friend, Joe Chaplinsky, to do a couple share sheets. And then when I needed some promotional marketing material for the app store, he could whip that stuff together better and faster than I could. And I like his design style. So it helped that I already knew him for multiple years and knew his style. So I didn't have to worry about a blind hire. And you knew that you could trust him with your product and he already understood where you're coming from. Yeah, we already had a relationship and we had worked together on other projects. So I already knew it would work out well. But then actually, when I started Slopes, one of the first things I had to do was data gathering because there's no good database of coordinates for ski resorts. There's OpenStreetMaps, which has a lot of inaccurate coordinates for ski resorts and a lot of scraped databases. So I ended up using Odesk and found someone pretty cheap there. I ended up spending like 1200 bucks to data gather for like 4,000 resorts worldwide. And I had to continue that again this year doing Lyft data. Um, and that one, I actually hired a friend for my D&D group because she, <laughs> her, the job she was with uh, ended up, I think, just falling apart. Like the, the company closed. So she needed some work and I knew she was very good with organization. So that worked out well. Again, someone that I knew I was able to trust. Yeah. But I've been holding back... Uh, on some of the other things I'd like to outsource for, like customer support. That's the big one I'm really worried about this season is if I'm growing a lot, that's going to start eating a lot of time. But I don't know who I would trust for that. Yeah, well, <laughs> like, they're directly in touch with customers and potentially like the most important of customers, which are the ones that yeah. are having problems or yeah. <laughs> complaining and stuff like that. Because Yeah, because yeah. like, there are some that I get an email over the last week and it's like, oh, okay, I can do a quick fix by going into Postgres and changing this flag in the database. And like a customer support rep shouldn't have to know and do that kind of stuff yeah right. so i'm a little worried of like i feel like i need to build some tools first to make some of this better yeah. <laughs> well i mean if you have to, if they're having to touch the database then probably they, they'll probably need tools yeah. of some kind yeah. yeah so that's where and you know that's not something that i'm interacting with anyone in real life i'm like oh you'd make a great customer support rep <laughs> i know so i've never encountered anyone like that <laughs> I don't feel like that's the sort of thing you want said about you. You would deal with customers really well. Like, are you? Is it because you're? I you're get very walked patient. Over really easy, or no? You're very no, no, no. Because you're very patient, but you you hold your ground and you're firm. <laughs> but that's it's it's starting to make me realize, you know, as I see my numbers come in this season, that I might need to outsource that because that's going to be a big time sink. And it sounds like neither yeah. of you two have had to deal with that yet. I don't see the type of growth you guys see. No, I t- I tend to see. I, I tend to see more of it around like n- big re- new releases. I'll get like a bunch of stuff going wrong, yeah. <laughs> which says more about probably about my development than my support <laughs> support skills. But uh, yeah, I, I'll I'll see a bunch of emails and stuff around around that time, and then I kind of know that things are getting better when the emails drop off. So yeah, I, I they kind of come in one big rush, and usually I'm prepared to deal with it. Yeah, and the good thing is, you know, as indies, we can kind of flex our time. So it, if I'm spending two hours every morning doing customer support, that just becomes part of my schedule during the season. But it, it's mm. certainly something that if you just look from a, how much value I can generate slopes, I can do better as a business owner and as a developer than as a customer support rep. So I'm starting to feel like I'm wasting money in that way, even though I like doing it. Yeah. I like talking to customers. I like yeah, having right. my face there and being like, hi, I'm actually a friendly developer. Thank you for giving me money. Seriously, thank you. <laughs> also, I'm the only one here. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I think that's really a really good thing. Like having a person working on the app that gets in touch with customers, it really shows that whole like you're a real person. There are real people behind this and like it's just you kind of slogging against all odds to make it. And it's kind of like that nice underdog story thing yeah. going on that kind of, I mean, people like it. And as soon as you hand off to a customer support person, 
suddenly that's gone because now you are just like whoever your people are talking to is literally just a customer support. So you might as well be calling like Comcast. Is that a thing? Yeah, Yeah. Comcast is a thing over here. Here it's like it would be like calling Telstra, which is like in Australia is very well known for their terrible customer support. It's just because... Like it's outsourced. Right, yeah. right. I think that's the thing that kind of gets back to why we're afraid to outsource some stuff is you, you have a vision of how you want things to go and you want a personal touch. You have a personal style and outsourcing. It can be all too easy to lose that kind of feeling. Classic micromanagement. Yeah. Last year we had, I had a friend who was trying to start his social media business and I happily was like, Oh, then I guess you could take over our social media for a bit. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't the smartest choice. I think he was a little bit more abrasive than I thought he would be or cocky, I guess, uh, depending on the topic. Mm. And, you know, I'm just like the opposite person. And so it was really hard to kind of see that come out of our social media. Yeah. I, 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 although I think a lot of that was just the communication between me and this person. Like, I sh- I'm sure I could have done the handoff a lot better and explained like, what the voice should be like and yeah i i, I think you're right like that i know my application has a voice gif wrapped has a specific voice it shows i try to make it show through in the update notes and in uh in support emails and in the like in the app itself you know, alerts that show up and stuff like that if you hire somebody you need to you need to hand over not only the fact that you'd like okay well i'm giving you this job like you're handing over the job but you've also got to hand over like the style and stuff like that. Like you've got to hand out, you've got to, they've got to have an understanding of what that is. And it's both on you as a, like as the person who is doing the handover, like, you know, the previous person and effectively the boss to make sure that that's, um, that that handover goes well, but it's also kind of on them to be able to get that right once they've kind of been trained to do it. So it's a, it's it's a difficult thing to do. Yeah, you're managing and training employees essentially. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I don't <laughs> that's not a very comfortable position unless you've no, done it before. No, it's not. No, and that's <laughs> so I actually had um the second round of data management for our, all the lift gathering for slopes. I had the lady working on that for me spend part of her time in the contract coming up with documentation on because I had done this all, I wrote an iPad app that just has a map view and I can go in and touch wherever I need a lift to start and stop and all that kind of stuff. And I taught her how to use the app, but I knew how to use it and I explained it to her. But then like the process of her learning that um, and all the ins and outs, like I realized that's a lot of knowledge that's in my head. So I had her document it in a pages file. And I think it was like 20 yep. pages um, with screenshots and stuff of like, here's how everything works. And that's the kind of thing I feel like you need for any contractor coming on. You know, especially if they're interacting with your customers in any way, is some kind yeah. of expectation style guide type of thing for how they'll talk, yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, this, and this is why you see like companies that have style guides for their like UI stuff, their like their logos, but also the words and terms that they use and how those terms are spelled and how the, like how everything is formatted. Like, do you use uh, like a you know a hyphen to like to join two words together or is that just like a space do you spell things with you know uppercase letters and you know dots between them you know for for abbreviations or whatever yeah. you know that sort of like all that sort of stuff that can be different between different things and like how do you do titles and stuff in in blog posts and 
there's a whole lot that can be very telling as to whether or not there is multiple people doing a thing or one person if you don't get it right. And the style guide can a style guide can go so far as to say like you should not ever use these terms. Like yeah, don't don't use this phrase. Always use this phrase instead. Don't say thanks for your input or whatever. I say <laughs> or, you know, thanks for your feedback. It's no, like, never it's, use oh, feedback. You know, never use feedback. Yeah, no, no. This is what I'm saying. Like these, you, these are the things. These are the sort of the rules that you yeah. stick into a style guide, and that way, when somebody sends through an email and it's you know it's nice feedback. Uh, the person can respond with "thanks for throwing us an email" or, or whatever your yeah, preferred, yeah. Um, you know, style is. I'll still catch myself using the word "feedback," but it's not like the first sentence. I promise. It's like yeah. further down. <laughs> you bury it. You bury it amongst the yeah. experience and the synergy. So I know I've talked to some other indie developers, and some of them go as far as outsourcing entire features. Oh. Some of them, yeah, they their app earns money, so they can afford to do that. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> What is that um, like? <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I, I'm kind of alluding to my fear that in the near future, I might have to do customer support. Do you, If you two were honest with each other, what do you feel like you should either be outsourcing now or sometime in the near future start outsourcing? So I mentioned that I, w- I would love to <laughs> outsource the, the UI UX for our next build. That's not even a wish list. So we have to do that. Um, we have to get it right. And then I also... Other things graphic related, like it's just one of those things when you first start, you're like, well, I'll just do it myself because it's free. Yeah, yeah. And I think the nice part is that we're several years into it. And while we're not where we want to be, like we earn enough to be able to pay for for some of these things that we know are necessary. And I've always thought that if we were huge enough (laughs) that we would like to have like someone that does sales, like more like direct sales. Like if we wanted to go to schools... That's not going to be me. I don't. Yeah, <laughs> that yeah. is a totally different field. It's a long sales cycle, and I don't know the channels. That would be someone else altogether. But that's in the long, long distance. I think on my end, one of the things that I'm I'm constantly being asked is whether or not I have an Android version of GiftWrap. Oh, you too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. they never <laughs> stop. They're relentless. I just want to put a credit card reader on my website to be like, okay, you can kickstart this if you'd like. <laughs> Which is not a bad idea. It got to the point for me where I literally wrote a knowledge, like a like a knowledge base article or whatever, and stuck it into the my my um, my <laughs> user guide so that so that people would you know get an answer to the question there rather than email me. So I, you know, it 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 comes through quite a lot, and I think. Somebody asked me recently, you know, what, like, is there an Android version coming? And I said, look, at this point, it's, it's, I don't have enough time to work on an Android version myself because I'd have to learn everything and yeah. whatever. There's a whole bunch of stuff that has to go on, but I also don't have the money to outsource it at this point. So it's, it's one of those situations where I need, I need the iOS version to do better. Mm. I think that would be one of my options for outsourcing, but honestly, I think just getting help on the iOS side of things would be really great at this point. <laughs> so I think development-wise, you know, outsourcing features and stuff like that would be something that I would very much consider. Mm. That, that seems like such a tricky one because it's hard to know if you're hiring someone to do, you know, so this is something I've considered too, an Android port, but it could just even be a specific iOS feature. It's challenging because you're betting that the amount of money that you're going to be paying them you'll see in returns for either that new feature or that new platform and you can napkin math that i mean i've napkin mathed a bunch of stuff for slopes and made calls on that but it's certainly intimidating it's not like just an overhead cost like customer support it's 
you know, it's a it's big money. Yeah. You know, an Android developer, an iOS developer is some multiple, I assume, yeah. not having looked into the market, but I assume compared to a customer support agent, you right. know, you're you're talking a multiplier there, not just like plus or minus yeah. ten bucks an hour. Well, especially I mean, if I wanted to get somebody to make an Android version of, of GIF wrapped, that's a whole lot of work. Like yeah. I've I spend almost all my time on just working on iOS. So that's effectively like I would have to pay somebody to work full time for several months on an Android version of Gifwrapped. And it's just this is just that's just crazy. That's that's not gonna happen. And yeah, of course that's gonna like I'm gonna tie like specific worth to that. Because if I'm like if I'm gonna pay somebody for let's say three months to work on a, a version of Gifwrapped for Android, that's a lot of money. Yes. At a at a full time <laughs> like iOS uh, Android developer rate. That's that's a lot of money. And I know that's a lot of money because Dear God, if I had got three months of work, I would charge through the teeth for that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, you know, it's, I mean, it's, it is something that is like obviously tied to, I'm not going to build a version of GIF wrapped for Android or I'm not going to pay somebody to do that because I have to, I have to know that I'm going to get that money yeah. back somehow. That's kind of a thing. Like that's kind of a, a difficult choice to make. I don't necessarily know that I would feel the same about features for iOS because any one particular feature, I've still been working on this app for so long that it's kind of less of a thing. Does that make any sense? Like that it's, I feel like that's different. Yeah. No, I, I get you. It also sounds like it would be a smaller project versus like rebuilding yeah. <laughs> GIF wrapped right. on Android. You're extending your app versus rebuilding it. I think any one feature is going to be a week or so. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm not going to be paying somebody to build a three month long project to build a feature for GIF wrapped for iOS. That's a different thing to having to build, like put all the architecture in place for an Android version. It's all different. So we'd have to kind of work mm-hmm. through that. And then, you know, all the same features kind of need to be there in some respect. And yeah. there are some certain features that obviously we would, would, make more sense on like it's it's a whole thing and working on an ios project might like adding a feature might be a week you know maybe two not months (laughs) so it's it's yeah it's you know it's it's less of a it's less of a thing well android still the harder part for me i i was debating an android version you know earlier this year but the harder thing for me is it still doesn't pay nearly as well you know if i'm going to dump six months of ios contractor or android contractor time into it you know, that I better make sure I'm able to get $60,000 from an Android version. And it's going to be nowhere near that. People, they Mm -hmm. still spend less money on Android, even though they have the market share. It's just iOS is where the money is. And that's where the sustainability is. Not that it can't be done, but it's certainly even harder than it is to make it on the iOS app store, I think, from talking to some Android indies. So we have Gus on the go, the first version on both uh, iOS and Android. I can't say my numbers translate directly because um, those are both paid up front apps. I don't mm-hmm. know how I don't know how freemium fares on Android, but I just looked at the numbers recently and we're still looking at 84% iOS versus basically 15, 16% Android. So it's yeah, hard that's, to want. <laughs> that's, that's a huge very similar. Difference. I was talking to another indie who does fitness apps and okay. they have, um, I think they're on freemium model for both. And yeah, it was about okay. an 80 20 split between Android uh, and iOS revenue wise. 
even yep. though they had a ton of Android users, uh, they were mostly free. So the they just weren't making it up. Much lower. Yeah. It's a thing with, like, with that you might hear with people with merch and stuff like that. Like, if people were to write in to us and say, hey, can you produce a t shirt, like an Independence t shirt? I'd be like, yeah, that's <laughs> cool. But the amount of people that would write in and say that and answer, yes, I want, a, I, I want an Independence t shirt, does not directly correlate to the people that actually yeah. are willing to pay right. for an Independence t shirt. Like, right. you know, the difference between. Wanting something and then wanting to pay for something is a huge gap. <laughs> Completely different. It's a very big gap. Yeah, and yeah, you've got to you've got to bridge that before it's worth before it's worth you know spending the money on on actually doing that thing. Yeah, and it, it, you run into this in all markets. I mean, when I was running Coco Love Conference, it was I'd have people all the time like, "Oh, are you doing it again this year? Great, I'm I'm planning on coming this year." And you know, I joke with a friend like, "I want to carry around a credit card reader to just be like, fine, give me your money now, I'll take it.' Because as soon as it comes yeah. time to sell them a ticket, <laughs> yeah, they don't buy a it's ticket. Like- they're, they're nowhere right. to be found. Yeah, exactly. Like uh, that's just. I think every market is like everybody wants the thing, but then nobody wants to pay for it. Exactly. <laughs> so we we have a pretty big range of things that we'd like to outsource. You know, Alice, you have your design. Jelly, you have maybe some features. I have my paranoia of customer support over the next couple <laughs> months. What's stopping us? I mean, for me, the big thing is revenue. And you guys can't take my answer. I, I claimed that one first. Um, <laughs> that was all of ours. That's, like the, that's, that's, the, that's the answer, I think. <laughs> but like, I'm worried because I don't know what my revenue is going to look like this season. You know, I'm still very much in a growth phase and I was just approaching growth where Curtis can be full-time sustainable. And maybe I'm going bigger than that. I certainly hope. But I'm not at the point yet where I really know my revenue well enough to say I can afford to spend $30,000 on X, Y, or Z. Um, I'm still being kind of cheap and spending as little as possible where I can. So for me, revenue is the big holdup. Do you two have anything yeah. unique to add to that? <laughs> or do you agree? <laughs> I too cannot spend $30,000 on any any such service. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, no, I, I think, I think that's, like I said, that's the answer. Like most, I think most indies, that's the first thing that comes to mind. When you have to consider paying for something, the very first thing is, well, do I have the money to yeah. pay for that? Like to pay for somebody to do this for me? And the answer is usually no, unless you have managed to get to a point where it's not only sustainable, but you are making enough to warrant spending extra money. The only other thing that I can really add to that that's unique is like in certain cases for smaller things, it's not necessarily a question of do I have the money, but is this worth yes. the overall cost? Yeah. yeah. And some t- cases, even if you like, are, are, even if you're stretching your budget a little bit thin, if it's worth it, then it's going to be worth it. You might spend a thousand dollars and you only really have eight hundred, and you get back three thousand dollars. That's obviously worth it. It's just whether or not you want to take that risk and how much risk you can kind of tell. So it's the sort of thing that you have to, you have to go into it kind of knowing what you're kind of getting yourself in for. And I think, I think that's part of the reason why I don't feel like hiring somebody to do like a feature on GIF wrapped for iOS is the same thing as hiring somebody to write like something for Android. I have no idea what I would be in going onto the Android platform. I kind of know what I'm in for when I'm yeah. on iOS and I can kind of make better decisions that way. So it's, it's much less of a problem, I think. Yeah. Same with like hiring someone for UI UX. We have a really good idea of where our product should be and kind of what's been working in our, in our apps. Um, and so we're trying to en- enhance it. So it's not like we're asking someone to come 
from the beginning and hiring because that's when we had no money. <laughs> and yeah. now, so we were a few years in and we kind of have a good idea of what it should look like. It just needs to work better. Um, yeah. Those types of investments seem like they're worth it because they're small enough in scale and relatively affordable. <laughs> it is yeah. not an Android port. So. <laughs> yeah, and I guess that's the trick at the end of the day is like it, it's we all know it's worth spending money on investing in these outsourcing things, whatever they are. And there's kind of a spectrum. There's you keep it all in house, or there are plenty of entrepreneurs I know that throw all the money, all the revenue that uh, their company is earning back into the business to grow it faster. And when you're mm -hmm. an indie, unless you have a previous windfall to rely on from another app, you're still trying to pay for more than ramen. So if you're <laughs> going to outsource some feature or something, you also have to be able to take that out of your lifestyle in some form. Right. Or, you know, my goal, contract less. You know, maybe I say mm -hmm. I have to contract so I can afford to outsource this or something. But it's it's a bunch of trade-offs. Yeah. One of the things that I've said ever since uh, my wife and I planned our wedding, this is a weird aside, <laughs> when, I, my, when my wife and I planned our wedding, one of the rules that we kind of played by um, with that was we'll pay for anything that we don't really, really want to do ourselves. Yeah. And so, you know, I, des I, I designed invites and stuff for us i did a bunch of work in like in the lead up to our wedding but i didn't we didn't i didn't really have the the ability to do flowers or to do like um you know photography or do anything like that and we weren't going to just hand it off to a friend because we wanted our friends to enjoy the time with us and all that sort of stuff. like i think the same kind of rules apply when you when you kind of doing business related stuff there is like there is certain stuff that you not necessarily that you don't want to do I'm not going to like outsource all my maintenance work, um, although that <laughs> might actually be kind of nice. Um, but you know, it's the things that like it's things like finances, uh, probably marketing and stuff like that that I am probably better off outsourcing. Yeah, they can do a better job, or they can do it for cheaper versus your hourly rate of yourself if you build against yourself. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah. But all of that means that you need money. So if everyone could go out and please buy our apps, uh, that will help us and we'll have a follow-on conversation about how well our outsourcing has worked. We've got a PayPal account. <laughs> yeah, Patreon. Okay. Yeah. So if you, the listeners, would like to get in touch with us, you can do so on our spiffy little website, independence.fm. Or if you prefer email, you can just shoot us one at hello at independence.fm. If you'd like to talk to any of us individually, we all hang out on Twitter, like most of the iOS community. So you can find me there as at parrots. That's the plural of the bird. I'm at eat a duck I must. And I am jelly bean soup. So thank all of you for listening. And we'll talk to you again in two weeks. Bye.